0: The text that calls for our attention on this, the celebration of the baptism of our Lord, is our gospel reading for today from Mark chapter 1, and especially the last verse we read, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen. There comes a point in every child's life when they decide that they will challenge the authority of their parents. Roughly speaking, we call that point the day of their birth. Yes, original sin's first deed seems to be to want to reach out and see if they can test every authority that God has established over them. And of course, as children gain abilities, they put those abilities right to use in fighting the authority of their parents. As a child begins to get the ability to walk, the ability to stomp away will be learned quickly. Once they master words, the love of the word no will grow and grow. But perhaps there's no bigger game changer than when a child realizes that they can not only challenge their parents' authority by simply refusing to comply, but that they can also question that authority by using their own reason, by questioning their parents' ability to think and decide wisely. When a child finally understands this, they begin to demand a reason for everything their parents ask them to do. And all of a sudden, becoming disobedient becomes so easily justifiable. The child says to themselves that they're not just saying no and stomping off like a toddler. Instead, They are disobeying simply because they have reasoned it all out and found that their parents are wrong. In their mind, being disobedient at that point is simply doing the right thing. And this is where parents must make a choice. Does a parent respond to such action by saying, you do it because I said you'll do it? Or do they respond with an explanation? about why they have decided the way they have. I think we can say eventually as children age, all parents do give some explanation to their actions, probably largely in order that their children will one day be able to parent their own children. But truly, there's no better reason one can give to a child about why they should follow what their parents have said other than to tell them, that God has given that authority to their parents. Oh, maybe saying, I told you to do it and you do it, is not best or sufficient. But reminding children that they have been commanded by God to love and to cherish and to honor and to obey their parents is indeed wise. Of course, this rebellion we see in children is not just an issue somehow between earthly children and their earthly parents. It is also a constant issue between us and our Heavenly Father. When we do not abide in our brother Jesus, we begin to rebel against our Heavenly Father. Yes, indeed, sometimes with God, too, we simply act like stubborn toddlers. We just want to shake our head and say no, and then stomp off in whatever direction we intended to go anyways. But at most times as Christians, we tend to try to justify our sins through our reasoning. God tells us to do something in his word, and we respond by asking why. Should we simply Do it because he had told us to do it? Well, of course we should, but we usually don't. We demand a reason, as if the only almighty and all-wise God owes us some sort of explanation for what he is doing. When we say such things or think such things, we are showing that our arrogance really knows no end. Yes, we decide that God himself simply does not know what he's doing. We ignore his commands and decide to follow our wisdom instead. Yes, God tells us perhaps to live generously, but we tell him that to do so freely at his command might be unwise. He tells us that we should live freely in the sense of being generous towards him in our tithes and in our offerings. And yet we tell him that if we really followed that advice, we might endanger our own finances and not take seriously our futures. He tells us to live generously towards our neighbors who are in need, And yet we tell him that if we live too generously, we'll just be taken advantage of time and time again. God tells us to live purely, but we demand more explanation. He tells us that we are to live purely in our lives outside of marriage, either before or after it. But we tell him that if we do that, we will end up alone in a world that expects anything but purity among its members. He tells us also to live purely in marriage, and yet we tell him at times that our selfish spouses leave us no choice but to divert our eyes for a little bit somewhere else to find some joy or satisfaction. He tells us to live contentedly, But we demand again that he explain why. Well, he tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. But we tell him that we have learned from very early on as Americans that if we are content, well, then we'll never gain anything or be anyone. He tells us to stop and count our blessings and to give thanks But we tell him that the blessings we have are simply not enough. And that we'll stop and give thanks when all of our dreams have finally come true. (coughs) Oh, the list could go on and on, and in a sense, it does go on and on in our lives. So often, instead of being obedient sons and daughters of the king who has adopted us by his grace, we instead are rebellious children questioning the authority of our Father. So what are we to do today? Well, I suppose that there are really two options. One, we can go on justifying our every action against God's wisdom, or else we can humble ourselves underneath the authority of our loving Father. We can go on rebelling time after time again, or we can start... Repenting. Today, we may, may we admit that our wisdom is often rather foolish. And that which we think is often foolish when God tells us to do it is wiser than anything we've ever come up with. For once we admit that, we are truly ready to ponder the event in our gospel reading. For then we will find salvation. In a man named Jesus, who was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. There we will find true wisdom. So we see the Son of God who has taken on human flesh. There we will find the obedient Son who laid down his life for all the other rebellious children of God. Do you know why Jesus was baptized? Do you need to know? Well, many have sought to explain with great detail why it was necessary for Jesus to step into that Jordan River. But in other accounts of this same story, it is Jesus and Jesus alone who tells us the reason he was baptized. And it's quite simple. He says that he was fitting for them to do so. And it was fitting for them to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus says, I'm baptized because the Father wants me to be baptized. And that is the thought of an obedient son of the Father. Yes, that is one who understands what true obedience is. For obedience is not simply following one whom you agree with but instead it is being willing to humble yourselves before the ones that God has given authority over you. No, Jesus did not say to his father on that day, you know what, this doesn't make sense, since I'm not with any sin, unlike all these other people that John has been baptizing." He didn't demand from God some sort of explanation. He simply yielded to God's authority. And what happened when he did? Well, the skies opened up, the spirit descended like a dove, and a voice from heaven came down. A voice that was quite familiar to Jesus, as familiar as any father's voice is to their son. And what did God declare? He said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Yes, God identified Jesus as his eternally begotten son but just as importantly he identified jesus as that obedient son that all of humanity up to that point had failed to ever produce everything jesus ever did was pleasing to the father never did he question Never was he arrogant, he simply heard the voice of his father and did his will. And he did this not only at the River Jordan, but everywhere he went. And he did it most importantly upon a hill called Golgotha as well. There again he proved himself to be the obedient son, giving up his life for the sins of all the rebellious children of humanity. And that is super good news indeed. For you see, your rebellion against your father should be punished with expulsion from the family of God both now and for all eternity. But because the obedient Son of God, Jesus Christ, came and lived and died and rose in your place, you will remain in the family forever. And not only will you remain, you will be blessed to live as a son or daughter of the King, Your sins will be forgiven, your life made new. As the one you see standing today in the Jordan River is the obedient son of God that you never were. But thanks be to God, he is also the merciful Savior who desires to take your place, suffer your punishment in order that you might live with him forever. The Father said, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. May we this day say the following to Jesus. You are my beloved Savior, in whom I am well pleased. For Christ has lived the perfect life for you. He has died the sacrificial death for you. He has forgiven your rebellion and given you his obedience. That you too might just simply hear the Father and obey. How good are the ways of God. Amen.